0: I want to share a word that I shared last month. I want to continue, hopefully, try to conclude. But again, if you see me stopping and I begin, the Lord speak to me and for a word for somebody, then I will share this word as I feel led by his spirit. Now, the title of my message, again, continuation of last month, The League of Extraordinary People. The League of Extraordinary People. I just want to dwell very quickly what we spoke about last month about, you know, when you walk or when you see people, there are some people, they call it, they have the X factor, you know, you, you know, some people even use the French expression, va, va, you know, some people will say, they have people, you just look at them and they just, they look so special. Some of them are very smart, very clever. Others are very handsome, well-built, not like me, but I used to be very built when I was young, you know. This is what you get when you get old now these days. You can't keep up with the young generation. But you have people that are very well-built. And there are people that just open their mouth and you just say, wow. You know, in America, JFK was known as a very, very, very charismatic president. You know, he was able to woo so many people. And there are people in the world that have this charismatic way about them. And you don't know why, but they just are this way. And I know that we've talked about through the history, my history, we have seen many people stand out for good. Some for evil, some for others, and some for themselves. And I know, remember last time around, I mentioned some of the names that brace our history. Mother Teresa, we used to stand out for devoting our life to the destitute. Gandhi was a great activist. who played a key role in free India without using violence. We spoke of Napoleon, Hitler, Alexander the Great. They were conquerors, but they have devastating effects. Martin Luther King, with his message, his powerful message, I Have a Dream. Abraham Lincoln. You know, which issued the Emancipation Proclamation in January 1863. Michael Jackson. Now, I didn't mention it last time. But Michael Jackson popularized the moonwalk dance. Can anyone do this? Remember Billie Jean? Yeah? Somebody say yeah at the back. Billie Jean. I remember I grew up with a Billie Jean, Michael Jackson, and when he's trying to... I can't do it here. No, sorry, guys. I can't. I can't try that here. Can't try. That... Those are the people that made a mark in, in history. You know, another one, for those who love football, Johan Cruyff, he had a skill that was actually named after his name, doing, um, you know, which many great footballers used it up to today, and they called the Johan Cruyff Turn. Even a pair of Nike trainers named after Michael Jordan, you know, Jordan Hare. And then what about of the women's, the men who fought for peace, for freedom, for justice, who changed for history. But you know what? None of those people make such a drastic change without sinning. All of them. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The NLT version says, For everyone has seen, we all fall short of God's glorious standards. How great those people have been in history. How great we are in our life for our family members or for everyone. There is one thing that we cannot take away. We are all sinners. Regardless we are Christian or non-Christian, we are all sinners. And that's something that cannot change. Because of Adam and Eve. That cannot change. But there is one man who never sinned. One man never sinned. He changed everything in his three years ministry. The man was a catalyst for the great movement ever happened. The Christian was born out of Jesus Christ, and he was the only man who never sinned on this earth. And he came live like us, you know, have to go through all the different temptations. You know, Jesus was a man, so he was tempted by everything that we are tempted today. Whether it is woman, whether it is anything else. But he never sinned. Never, never sinned. You know, we're talking about the, uh, the league of extraordinary people. And I mention different things here. One of the things I love about God is he will use anyone to do his bidding. And it's quite interesting that you find in free stories, some of the people against their hearts managed to do great things. And I was very uh, inspired not by the man, but by his story of Sylvester Stallone. I don't really like this actor, to be honest. I do like some of his movies, but not so much. Now, who here doesn't know Sylvester Stallone? Okay. Have you watched any of his movies? At least one. Mm, not sure. Yeah. At least maybe you heard of him. You heard of Rocky Balboa and so on. Now, why you didn't know about Sylvester Stallone, in uh, 60s, late 60s and early 70s, he was a struggling actor. To the point that he was ready to give up acting now silver stallone in the 70s was evicted from his apartment and became a homeless he slept for 3 weeks in a bus terminal in new york city and he also had to accept some of the interesting role soft pornographic roles because he didn't have anything no money at all he didn't have a choice and he used to say himself that you either take those jobs or you die. So as far as concern, he had no opportunity. He was casting for part and never taken. Until he had his big break in 1976, when not only star in a Rocky Balboa movie, but he also wrote the story. So Rocky that you see today, all those movies, started with a man who wrote that story, and then was forcing his way to be part of this movie. As a matter of fact, when he went to the studio, he asked, I want to act, I want to be this guy. And they went, no, they didn't want him. They were actually looking to cast somebody else. But he forced his way. He actually had to cut his budget to be able to make this movie. This was an ordinary guy. But he had a vision. He had a dream. He was motivated. And even to the point of giving up, he still thought that there was hope. And you know what? This guy didn't know Jesus. He was a normal man. We have the living God in us. We have Jesus in us to guide us through and through. Even when things are not going right. I mean, I was very inspired by what you said during the communion, you know. This scripture that I can never, you know, there's some scripture for some reason, I cannot memorize those scriptures. I can memorize many scriptures, but that particular one, I cannot memorize. So I'm going to try again. All things work for good for those who love God and are called cool according to his purpose. Thank you. Thank you. I managed to do it. That's exactly what it is. You know, you say something very interesting there now. When we read the scripture, we're always thinking the good things. But God said all things. So good things and bad things, They works for good. And we have some time to take it. And I can imagine Sylvester Stallone in those days, in the 60s, 70s, when he sees those other actors getting all the parts, can't get a part. The only thing that he can get a part is to do pornographic movies. And he hated it. He was getting paid $200 for two days' work. And that he has to cover his food. He has to cover his flat, his apartment, to the point he couldn't. And even when he went to submit the Rookie Balboa movie, they still didn't want him to play in it. They said, okay, we'll take the script. We'll give you a bit of money and then bugger off. But he didn't do that. He said, no, this is my story. This is my story, and I want to star in this story. And he never gave up. And when you look today, what came out of Rookie was many other movies. And even the latest movie called Creed, which is, not, is such a powerful story, was come out of somebody who never give up on this story from the beginning, from the latest 76 to 2023. That was spanning over 30 years of it. And today is okay. He doesn't have to do anything. You know, I love when ordinary people do unexpected things. It helped me to believe that no matter how unmarkable I do, no matter I am, how low I feel, God can do something extraordinary in my life, and He can do the same for you as well. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. It doesn't matter where you have been. It's all the matter what you've done in the past. I was speaking to Keith here, and I say, Do you know what? My life 20 years ago was very different to the life of today. If I were seeing some of my guys from 25 years ago see me now standing here sharing the word of God, they would not believe me. Even when I gave my life to Christ 23, is it? 2003, 20 years ago, sorry. 20 years ago, they told me, oh, this is not going to last. I give you three months i give you three months and you go back to your ways. I love to drink. I love to party. I love women. I love anything else as well. Not talking about it. But what I'm trying to say is that when I met Jesus, my life turned around completely. I was a heavy smoker. A heavy one. And somebody prayed for me that day. I never touched a cigarette over 20 years. No patches, no nicotine, nothing at all. It was just a simple prayer, and I haven't touched it. There's things that God can do in your life that we cannot understand. God can turn an ordinary people to become an extraordinary people, and we look. Last time we talked about, we spoke about John, the situation was done. God loved to do that. He loved to use ordinary people like you and I. Use the foolish of this world to confound the wise. This is what I love to do. You know, sometimes we just have to be open, obedient, and willing to allow Him to do His bidding for us. So we saw last time our God used Joseph, a young Jew, to save Egypt from famine, and eventually to save Israel in the process. And because of Joseph's integrity, and despite the challenges of being hated by his brother, nearly killed by one of them, put it in a ditch, then sold as a slave. Then eventually, accused of a crime he did not commit, put into prison, God still used him to the top. Only Pharaoh was... Higher than him. In Genesis 41, 39 to 41, he says this. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. That's an That's incredible. This is a young Jew, teenager. And we know who he was. He was arrogant. The guy was pride. You know, you know the teenagers. I have two teenagers, they're not like that. But sometimes they feel that they know everything. And he was like that. So God has to use him. He has to make all things to work for God, for those who love God. So eventually. Over time, as he changed his character, he was ready to now fulfill his destiny. God is ready to use each one of us to change our community, our region, country, even the world. He's ready for it. One of the things that I learned about the story of how God used people, you have to have a specific characteristic for God to use you. And Joseph has one specific characteristic. He was integrous. That was his character. He was an integrous person. For many of us, if a woman comes before us naked and say, I want you, it is very difficult for men not to go. But that's what happened with Joseph. She was a pretty woman. But she literally offered herself to him. But he ran away. He wasn't going to not be integrous. And God, because of his integrity throughout the history, throughout the situation that he went through, even when he became the prime minister of Egypt and his brother came, he could have put them in prison and do all sorts. He still forgave them for what he did to him. As a matter of fact, he even told them that if they didn't do this, he wouldn't be where he is today. And sometimes God used certain situations, not so good situations, to turn things around in our favor. It may not look like in our favor as we look at it. And I can imagine Joseph thinking, I'm in prison. I don't know how long I'm going to be staying in that prison. What has got to do with my dream when I'm supposed to be higher than everybody? But God was working. As he was in prison, he was working on Pharaoh. He was working on the butler. He was working on everybody. So by the time Pharaoh was so anxious, so panicked about his dream that he had, there was only one person that could interpret the dream. But he didn't know. But the butler knew, because he was with Joseph in prison at the time, so he was able to report it. So God always working different angles in our lives, and sometimes we not see the angles working out, but He is working those angles. We just need to trust Him and be patient and obedient. So Joseph is a primary example of how God turned this petulant, prideful, arrogant young man into a prime minister. You know, when we look at our leaders, our politicians, they can be prideful, arrogant, and that doesn't change. But Joseph was a different type of prime minister, was very integrous. What about Noah? the person I want to talk about today. If we turn to Genesis chapter 6 from verse 1 to 8, and I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. Now, it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. There were giants on the earth in those days. And also afterwards, when the Son of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, They were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he has made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast creeping things and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 9 says this. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. Noah woke up with God. Now we spoke about Joseph, the integrous man. And I'm saying, what about Noah? To give you a bit of the context, this is a world which is plagued by corruption. Sin is is rampant. As a matter of fact, we have fallen angel coming down the earth, mixing with the girls and making babies, making children, making people. And you know, I always wondering when I was reading these stories. When I was a young child, I used to be extremely uh, interested about Greek and Roman mythology. And all the Hercules and, and Zeus and all those people. And I used to wondering, you know, what God is talking about. Are they those people, that those legends that we heard about? Those Hercules, you know. Those Zeus, all those Athena, all those people. And you've got to understand, this is something that God's ate. You know, the angels. Angels coming on earth and then just mixing with men because they find the ladies beautiful. So God wants to get rid of it. The seed that has been in this earth, he wants to get rid of it. He had enough. And we, we've got to understand, this is the, 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 the creator of the universe. He can do whatever he wants. If he decided to burn the whole earth tomorrow, eventually he will. But if he decides to do it now, he can do it. And I think sometimes when we look at God, we actually lack this, this revelation that he's got the whole world in his hand, And he does it as he pleases. And he was tired of seeing what was happening. He created man to be good, and he created a specific, beautiful environment for him. And because of man's sinning, that was destroyed. So he wanted to get rid of it. But you know what? there was one man that God loved, and that was Noah. The Bible said "Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, why did he find grace in the eyes of the Lord? And verse nine, if we can put on the screen, Genesis six verse nine tell you why. There was three specific attributes that Noah had that basically made him God having grace upon him. He says this. Noah was just a man. That was the first thing. Now, what does it mean for when you say Noah was just a man? As I mentioned, if we go back to Genesis 6-4, he, they were giant. They were mighty men of all and men of unknown. But we need to understand that those people that were living on the earth, they were people that were well-known. They were celebrated people. They were famous people. But then, when we look Genesis 6-4 NIV from the NIV version, we understand that they were a different type of people. He says this, The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards where the Son of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. There was the heroes of all, men of renown. Those Nephilim were hybrids from angels and men and women. And that's what it was. But Noah was just a man. He wasn't the creation of an angel and a daughters. He was a man. So he didn't have that seed. So this is why the first attribute that God saw in Noah, he wasn't a Nephilim. He wasn't an hybrid. He wasn't mixed. When I talk mixed, I'm not talking about race. I'm talking about seed between angel and human. In God's eyes, that hybrid version was an abomination and we have seen in many movies when they do the experimentation with experimenting between the DNA of a man with the DNA of an animal it's still taking place today and I'm not going to dwell on this but they are still Nephilim today as we speak when they are mixing DNAs from animals and humans Number two, he was perfect in his generation, as I mentioned it. He was not a Nephilim. He wasn't an offspring from a fallen angel and a woman. Listen, Noah wasn't perfect. As a matter of fact, in Genesis 9, 2021, 20, the Bible speaks of him being a farmer, and he loved his drink. He really, really loved his wine, and he used to get drunk. You know, every time he just got to do his vineyard, he used to get very, very drunk. And he used to expose himself a lot. So he wasn't a perfect, he wasn't not, he was a normal man. And when God said just perfect in his generation, mean he wasn't mixed. He wasn't an hybrid. Number three, he had a close and intimate relationship with God. The Bible said he walked with God. If we look back to the book of Genesis at the beginning again, We're talking about Henoch was another one who walked with Jesus. So walking with Jesus is having this close, intimate relationship with him. It includes having deep faith in him. Faith is a very, very important part of our walk with Christ. The Bible really says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. So faith is a very, very important part. The, all the things that we're doing, the reason that we're here, we're acting by faith here. Has any one of you seen Jesus in the flesh? I haven't. But we believe. We believe. And that's what it's all about. Faith. So I spoke about Joseph being Integrus. Noah was obedient. He was obedient and he was faithful. So when we look at how God use ordinary people, you have to have certain attributes. And as we go along the next few months into a series of other men and women in the Bible, we find that they have different other attributes. Integrity is one. Obedience is another one. And faithfulness is a very important part of it. Hebrew 11.7 says this, By faith... Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of a righteousness which is according to faith. In Genesis chapter 6, God instructing Noah to build an ark. As I mentioned it, he looked at the earth, and he thought, you know what? I'm going to wipe this thing out completely and get rid of everybody. But he saw Noah, and he said, This guys, is mine. And because of him, I'm going to save the earth. I'm going to save the world through him and his family. So he talked to Noah about it, and he asked him to build an ark. He said, I'm going to flood the earth. So this man that we're talking was an average build. It wasn't too big, it wasn't too small. Remember in those days, they were giants. They were, people were different size. They have a different type of strength. They were physically strong, you know. Mentally, they were quite clever, especially deep into the occult because of this DNA they were mixed with. But Noah wasn't like that. Noah was normal. But he has a normal height. He was a normal man. So for 120 years, he built this ark with God's instructions. Now, let's understand about Noah. Noah didn't have any skill at all. He he didn't have the skills. It took 120 years to build the ark. I think this, and I've been discussing, sharing, you know, I think this is, If Noah had the skill to build the ark and could have built it maybe in 20, 30 years, I think the flood would happen in 20, 30 years. I think God was waiting for Noah to finish the ark. Because as soon as the ark was finished, then the animals start to come. And sometimes God is waiting for us to do the things that he asked us to do before moving. And that's because of his grace and mercy upon us. That's things that we need to understand. So God may have given you a word 10, 15, 20 years ago, and you're still doing the opposite. He's gracious, he will wait. And I have a word this morning. Whatever God's word has been given to you between 15 and 20 years. I want you to do this. I want you first of all to Repent. Because the lack of obedience that God, you know, we have an issue. Listen, I have so many issues with obedience to God, believe me. I struggle. You know, my my, my man can testify. I struggle many times with obedience. But the thing is, he's telling me to tell you that he's waiting for you. So whatever it is that God has spoken to you, has spoken to me about certain things, and I'm actually now, the moment I'm, Speaking to him, and I said, Lord, I, I'm sorry, you know, I haven't done those things that you asked me to do, I need to do it now. This is a time, I don't know why I'm saying this, but this is a time a word that I've spoken to you. This is a time, and it, it can be scary. I can't imagine Noah, God come and talk to me and say, Listen, I want you to. Built me an ark, and I can tell you that the, the specification I want it to be 330 feet, 73 wide, 40 feet high. He also has three decks, and he has to have every compartment for every animal. The guy has no skills. How am I going to build this ark? How am I going to build it? He has no skills. He only had his three sons to help him out to build this gigantic, you know, massive, massive. Massive arc. you know. I saw done some I have some. I done some research, and they said that this arc, actually, it is the size of. It's, it say this is twice the size of the HMS Victory, naval ship. Twice the size. If you haven't seen it, I would suggest to go have a look at it. It's twice the size. And only him. Free his sons and the ladies help him out as well, around you know, do little things as well, and then just build the ark. He didn't have any YouTube video when he can just go and have a look at it and say, How do I build this ark? What do I need? No YouTube video, no TikTok. He has to do it with the specification that God has given him. And you're going to want funny things. He's done it, he's done it. To the letter, it's done. I can imagine trying to build this ark in your back garden and your friends are coming along and you say, What are you doing, Noah? I'm just building an ark. Okay, what for? The flood's coming. What is a flood? You know, it was a dry land. None of the people didn't know rain in those days. They didn't know what ocean looked like, water looked like. So they said, the guy is is crazy. He's completely crazy. In his back garden, for 120 years, his friends are laughing at him, mocking him to the point that when he's done it, as soon as he entered the ark with all the animals, and he didn't call those animals, they just came. This is how God works. He has you to do the impossible. He's going to give you all you need. He is going to give you all you need. The guy probably have just a little hammer, some nails, and that's it. But he had to build it in a specific way. They said, in that sense, the material that he used to do, he has to use some kind of gopher wood, which was a specific type of covering used to insulate the boat for this ark. So this insulation will protect the boat during the flood. So it's not just build your boat in a back garden. It has to withstand the flood that was coming. And the flood wasn't a little lake or a little river that was coming. It was a flood. It was rageous. And it was going to engulf the whole earth. So that was needed. They asked some naval experts about this hawk, and they said it was the most stable ship known to mankind. It was designed for stability, and God wanted him to build something to protect him, and to protect him so he'd be stable. In the 20th century, is it 20th or 19th century? 20th century, they built the Titanic. And at the time they thought the Titanic was the most powerful, stable, strongest ship ever made. Mankind was very proud of their, of their staff. We know the story. Only done one trip and he sink, one trip and he sink. That is incredible. That boat that Noah built was there for over 40 days. By the time the water came, the boat was there stable. And while everybody was dying because of the flood, he was inside with the animals. Now, it may not be perfect inside. The smell of all type of animals inside, you can imagine what was going on inside. But nevertheless, he was safe. He was safe. And I was an ordinary man doing an extraordinary thing here. Because he was obedient to the word of God and he was faithful to him. What are you building today? What ark are you building today? What ark God asked you to build? What is it that he asked you to do today? There is nothing, nothing, nothing impossible. For those in Christ, nothing. All things is possible. Nothing is impossible. I began to um, use my words a little bit more carefully these days because sometimes you can speak what well, you know that the power of the tongue is what you speak can manifest as you keep speaking all along. If you keep seeing yourself sick, Eventually, you become sick. And the Lord wants us to begin to speak positive words. Not only in your life, but in every situation. In our children, in our marriage, in our relationship, in our work, all the time. All the time. God is a faithful God. He's a very, very, very faithful God. Like I said... He had a plan. His plan was wiped everything. And because of one man integrity, one man obedience, one man faith, it changed the whole dynamic. And I think that without that, we wouldn't be here today. And we got to realize that God is God. And he's all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipotent, omniscient. And he can do whatever he wants. And what he does at the moment, it allows us to do what we want. But eventually, his patience will run out. I hear a lot of people saying, and I'm going to conclude with this. I hear a lot of people saying, all the bad things that's happening in the world, why God doesn't intervene. And that's a very interesting question. But let me ask you this question. Do you allow him to intervene? Do you allow him in your life because it's okay to do what you want and not align to be in your life or in your life. But as soon as there's a problem, you go and you ask for him why well, he doesn't do anything. God doesn't do anything because you haven't invited him to do something. The politicians don't want God intervention, so they're putting all this regulation the way they want it. They don't want hunger to stop. They don't want those things to stop. There's enough money in the world to feed the whole world. There's enough resources in the world to take care of everyone. But you know what? Man is greedy. Man is greedy. They want to do their own thing. So, what you're seeing, you're seeing a world which is divided with 10% of everything and 90% don't. But that's not what God intended. God never intended to be like that. As a matter of fact, God never intended any one of us to suffer. But until we allow him to come into our life, to guide us, God will just step back here and he will wait. And as painful as it is for him to see people destroy one another, through greed, through racism, through anything, He's not going to intervene because we haven't invited him. I want to pray this quickly. Two things. First of all, I want to pray for those that know that God has spoken to them about something that they were meant to do yesterday. When I mean yesterday, I mean weeks, months, years before, and haven't done it. You don't have to come to the front. Just raise your hand as a hand and surrender to Him and ask Him for help. And I know how difficult it is because I've been there. I've been there. And I'm timed, these things that God asked me to do, I haven't done it yet. But I am ready. And I am ready and I'm willing to allow Him to do it. If it is you, I raise my hand. If it is you, raise your hand. We are going to pray together. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for those who raised their hand. Here with me and those are online as well. Lord, we are sorry for what you what we've done, Lord, and how we've been maybe procrastinating and our time be anxious or fearful to do this thing. But this morning, Lord, I want to commit this into your hand. And Lord, we said to you that we are willing to do it, whatever it takes. Whatever you ask us to do, we will do it. We ask you, Lord, for your hand and for your help, Father, to guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The last thing is for you to open your heart. Whatever God has spoken to you this morning and how you heard the words, whatever you heard it, just allow your heart to be open and to allow him to begin to speak to you today. In Jesus' name.